Canola growers in the province can get their fields tested for clubroot, blackleg, verticillium stripe, and glyphosate-resistant weeds through the Manitoba Canola Growers Association Get Tested program. According to Justine Cornelson, an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada, which works in partnership with the MCGA, these tests can help fight with future years and planning. She says she recommends growers test their canola fields for next spring, saying that if you're coming out of a wheat or cereal crop, you should get that soil tested right now to see what the spore load for club root is before you plant a canola field in it next year. Indication of a crop disease often includes areas that don't well represent the field, added Cornelson. This could include a patch that's lodging or an area that's dried down quicker than the rest of the field. A public engagement process that gathered input about a new coal policy for the province of Alberta didn't go far enough, says an environmental advocate. The review of the Coal Policy Committee will affect the future of the eastern slopes of the Rocky Mountains, said Ian Urquhart, executive director of the Alberta Wilderness Association. The region contains the headwaters of rivers, relied on by much of western Canada, he adds. The engagement program, however, has been an overwhelming success, said Fiona Salki, Director of Alberta Energy's Coal Policy Secretariat. The email was shared at the request of Ron Wallace, chair of the Coal Policy Committee, that conducted the public engagement process. Alberta Energy Minister Sonia Savage last year rescinded a 1976 coal policy, opening up much of the eastern slopes to potential open-pit coal mining. Selenium and calcite were determined to have affected waterways in 2012 in the nearby Elk Valley of British Columbia, whose coal mines are in the same geological formation as that of the proposed mines in Alberta. As a result, Tech Coal Limited was ordered to pay a record $60 million in fines under the Federal Fisheries Act in March. 35 scientists from the University of Alberta sent a letter to Alberta's MLAs stating that young animals, including humans, are acutely sensitive to toxins dissolved in water. Due to the widespread opposition to open-pit coal mining in the eastern slopes, the province's coal policy was reinstated February 8th by Savage. The coal policy committed was formed in March to gather public input for a new policy. And a shortage of workers in Canada's meatpacking industry is not new. Companies in Alberta, Manitoba, Quebec and elsewhere have struggled to recruit and retain workers for decades. In the last 18 months, some have blamed the Canadian Emergency Relief Benefit for making the situation worse as some workers choose to stay home. But the meat sector is much more concerned about the temporary foreign worker program and how it's restricting meat processing in Canada. In 2014, the federal government, under the Conservative Party, restructured the temporary foreign worker program, claiming too many companies were hiring foreign workers instead of Canadians. As part of the change, the feds reduced the number of foreign workers that a company can employ. Within the meat processing sector, only 10% or 20% of packing plants' workforce can now be temporary foreign workers. The 10 or 20% limit depends on the company and how much the meatpacker was using the program before June of 2014. Now, a plant with 1,000 employees is limited to 100 foreign workers. If the plant is already at 100 foreign workers, the company must hire Canadians to fill vacant positions. That's not easy, as few Canadians want to live in rural areas or work at a slaughter plant. The Meat Council wants the next federal government to adjust the 10 to 20% cap on temporary foreign workers so it's fair for all meat packers and allows the industry to succeed. For Golden West Radio, I'm Blaze Wozniak.